Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. It is exciting to be with y'all. It's a big news day. Actually, it was a big news night last night. So uh, let me let me just kind of break down what my routine looks like. Um, as I've, I've mentioned before, I've left the teaching profession. I'm now full-time in the media. And I divide my time between here and Red State. Redstate.com is, is where I've been uh, a writer and an editor for a long time. So last night, I actually, I, I leave here and I'm on the evening shift as far as editing goes at Red State. I finish up offsides with Shannon. And I'm walking out the door. And as soon as I walk outside of the studio, I get a message from John, one of our listeners. Uh, he says, and the message is, dude, they're raiding Mar-a-Lago right now. And I just stopped. I'm like, wait, wait, what? And of course, you know, the news starts playing and I hear it. The FBI, as announced by Trump, as announced by Trump in his email list, the FBI was searching Mar-a-Lago and Trump called it a raid in his email, lamented the, the death of the Republic or whatever, and the, the evening just devolved into hot takes and reactions to this. And there's been a lot to comb through. I ended up writing several things at Red State last night. Uh, you know, the internet obviously a buzz with it. I, I don't know if you, uh, how much y'all are aware of like the, the business of clicks basically is what a lot of the internet is these days. And part of it is finding the right story. Part of it is, uh, writing a compelling story. And sometimes part of it is just right. Making sure your headline is catchy enough. And so there were a lot of stories that we're having to comb through a lot of tweets, a lot of headlines, a lot of things that we're combing through looking for the right information. And it was clear what everybody on the internet was looking for. I wrote a piece based on a New York Times article that detailed what the FBI was looking for. And I just headlined my piece at Red State, new report indicates what FBI was looking for at Mar-a-Lago or something like that. But the new report indicates uh, that was it. That's all anybody wanted. They wanted the information. And so that just got swarmed on the internet at Red State. And it's clear that a lot of people are more looking for information right now, even as they are trying to take, uh, they're, they're trying to take their stance on this. And I think it's curious, the reactions here, but I want to get to the reactions in the next segment right now. Let's just break down what we know. Okay. The FBI conducted a search at Mar-a-Lago yesterday. It is unprecedented. It is the first time in American history, that a president, uh, his residence was searched by the FBI after, uh, after he left office, okay? I'm of the opinion, and I know I'm in the minority, especially among a lot of you listening. I'm, I'm of the, I, I don't buy into the Republic is dead, banana Republic sort of talking point right now. I think the FBI made a mistake. I think the FBI screwed up here. They haven't exactly covered themselves in glory in recent years. They've killed a lot of their trust among the American public. They, they have acted in a hyper-partisan manner. 
They have led investigations into nowhere. They've used dirty dossiers to try and and get something on Trump. The the highly hyperpartisan nature of the federal bureaucracy even exists within its law enforcement. We know that. We've seen that in the stories that have come out. The FBI has come across as very partisan, and the agents who have spoken publicly about it, including uh, Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, including James Comey, even uh, Christopher Ray, who is a Republican who served under George W. Bush, comes across as partisan and against Trump. It's clear, given the political rhetoric out there, that the Department of Justice feels an immense amount of pressure to go after Trump harder. Merrick Garland, in recent weeks, has said that uh, if there's something there, they're going to pursue it. They, he has spoken out more and more on the idea that the Department of Justice is going to go after Donald Trump. Now, what were they looking for? Ostensibly, they are going back to the Presidential Records Act of the 1970s. The Presidential Records Act main, uh, details certain documents that must be kept to preserve the records of the presidency and must be turned over to the National Archives. When Trump left office, there were like 12 to 15 boxes that he took with him out of the White House or out of the residence, out of the, out of the president's residence. And he took those with him to Mar-a-Lago. Well, the National Archives came back and said, these are the documents we need. We think he took them. And so there was negotiation between the two sides. Eventually, Trump gave 12 boxes to the National Archives. And the National Archives started going through things and started plugging them away where they're supposed to go. Well, not too long ago, they said, wait a minute, we're still looking for certain documents here. And they turned that over to the Department of Justice. Now, under normal circumstances, this would be something a phone call covers. Hey, we think you still have this. Please look for it. We need that turned over ASAP. You're violating the Presidential Records Act. This is a courtesy call. You need to do that. At no point should something like the Presidential Records Act be something that the FBI conducts, a, a, a gets a, a warrant for, and goes and searches a president's house. It's just unfathomable. So why did they do it? Andy McCarthy at National Review has probably the best breakdown of it. The Justice Department is not ready to charge Trump for the January 6th riot, he writes. It lacks proof that he is criminally culpable for the violence. As for the nonviolent potential crimes it is investigating, obstruction of Congress and conspiracy to defraud the government, these are based on disputed theories that Trump and his apologists could persuasively frame as a partisan weaponization of the Justice Department against the likely 2024 nominee. Consequently, the DOJ does not want to suggest that Trump is the subject of a criminal investigation related to the Capitol riot, nor does it want to be perceived as having told a court it has probable cause tying Trump to the Capitol riot crimes. Nevertheless, prosecutors investigating did want to search Trump's premises for potential evidence of Capitol riot crimes, the former president's apparent violations of government records and classified information laws gave the DOJ the, the pretext it needed. Okay, so in other words, if have you ever watched a TV show and they have a law enforcement and, and law enforcement's conducting a search and there's multiple times it has happened on a TV show or in a movie where law enforcement is they go in looking for something, but something's in plain sight that 
that that suggests a deeper crime or a bigger crime happened here. That's ostensibly what the FBI is doing. So the FBI went in to look for these documents, in, including breaking into Trump's safe, which I think there's questionable legality over right now. They didn't find anything, allegedly. But they went in looking for the National Archives documents, the classified presidential stuff that's supposed to go to the National Ar- Archives. While they were there, though, they did search for things related to January 6th, to the right, to the insurrection attempt, or whatever you want to call it, at the Capitol. I don't believe this is just about the Presidential Records Act and the National Archives. Like McCarthy, I think they were pulling something akin to that whole in plain sight thing I just explained. But there's a problem here. And in the next segment, I want to get into it. Because the problem isn't just criminal. The problem is now electoral. We're going to take a break here. We're going to talk about that here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Coming up after this break, 232-1542. If you have a reaction to the raid and you want to talk about it right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Thrilled to be with y'all today. Very exciting 24 hours that we've been experiencing, what with everything that happened at Mar-a-Lago. So the, the big... Big impact here, I don't think as much is criminal because I don't think the FBI found what they were looking for at Mar-a-Lago with result with with respect to January 6th. I, I still don't think there's much of a there there. Um, did Donald Trump help the situation that day? I, I've told y'all before. I know some of y'all have sent messages to the station complaining about me saying it, but I, I, I think that Donald Trump didn't help. But I don't think he was the ringleader of some massive insurrection attempt. I think that it was a bunch of crazies who were attacking the Capitol. And, and Trump, honestly, just did not understand the severity of the situation. But at no point was the federal government actually at risk of being overthrown. I think that's pretty obvious looking uh, at the information that we, that we have. But, but there's electoral consequences here. I want to... I want to go first to, I think, the most important Democrat reaction. This was on Rachel Maddow's show last night. Now, fair warning, Rachel Maddow is in this clip. And if you are triggered by Rachel Maddow, please pull over onto the side of the road right now. Pull into a parking lot, something. Get get into a safe spot, because if you start frothing in the mouth and start swerving on the road, Mark's going to have to do another traffic report here shortly. Don't want to have to go through that. But this is the clip from Rachel Maddow's show last night. And I think it is the most telling reaction to what happened. It's news from South Florida tonight that the FBI has has searched the home of the former president. Yeah, well, I know nothing about it other than what I've read, like everybody else. So I think it's wise for me to withhold comment until we learn more. I appreciate that. I do have to tell you that one of your... Um, not colleagues, but another congressional leader, the uh, House Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy, just made a statement online um, about the FBI search for executing the search warrant at the former president's home. Um, he said when Republicans take back the House, they will conduct immediate oversight of this department. And then he says this, quote, Attorney General Garland, preserve your documents and clear your calendar, effectively threatening Attorney General Garland 
uh, in response to the FBI having executed this search warrant tonight. I know that you don't want to talk about the substance of the matter at Mar-a-Lago, but I do want to ask your reaction to what Mr. McCarthy has said. Look, I think we don't, none of us know the facts and any comments are premature. So I think that the Democrats here are actually very worried. Chuck Schumer is not the type of guy to waste an opportunity to attack Trump or Kevin McCarthy. Frankly, I'm not the kind of guy to, to waste an opportunity to attack Kevin McCarthy. But Chuck Schumer beats even me to that punch. But Chuck Schumer didn't want to say anything. Chuck Schumer knows. I know. I think you deep down know why Chuck Schumer doesn't want to say anything. The FBI just energized the Republican base. Now, the Republican base was already energized. I've told you guys that before. As much as the Democrats keep talking about the abortion bump and things like that in the polls, the Republican base was always more energized. But you have just sent the Republican base into overdrive. And I'm now going to amend something that I've said a few times on the radio. Because I've contended I don't think Donald Trump is running for president in 2024. But not only has the FBI just energized the Republican base, which is why Chuck Schumer is very worried right now. And why he didn't want to comment on this raid. But... They've just made it all the more likely that Donald Trump is going to announce his candidacy because now he is a martyr once again. And there are a lot of people on both sides. Andrew Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo is out there urging the Department of Justice to release the information they had to justify a raid on Mar-a-Lago. Andrew Cuomo, because he understands The problem here, there's a little thing in politics called precedent. Chuck Schumer does not want the Republicans to win the Senate and win the House. And it was mentioned in that clip. Kevin McCarthy last night released a statement saying, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. That was the tweet in the statement. He said, I've seen enough. The Department of Justice has reached an intolerable state of of weaponized politicization. When Republicans take back the House, we will conduct immediate oversight of this department, follow the facts, and leave no stones unturned. Attorney General Garland, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. The Republicans are going to go all in on trying to clean up the FBI, try to clean up several of the agencies that have been a permanent partisan thorn in Donald Trump's and the Republican Party's side for the last six years. And you know what? All power to them. Because the precedent is now set. And the moment that a Republican takes over for Joe Biden in 2024 is the moment Hunter Biden's house gets raided. And Joe Biden's house gets raided. And the Democrats will whine and complain and moan and whatever other words you want to use that I might might not be able to say due to FCC regulations. They will complain at the partisan nature of this FBI raid, but they have opened the door by pushing the Department of Justice to be so partisan as to continue this investigation into Trump. They will have opened themselves up. We have pictures publicly going around of Hunter Biden engaged in illegal activity. And we have multiple reports 
of him using his father's name and, in fact, even his associates contacting and meeting with Joe Biden more than enough for the feds to get involved. And under the direction of the Republican Department of Justice, you can expect under this precedent that it will happen. But in 2022, you have just energized the Republican base, caving to pressure from the progressive, hyper-partisan, hyper-vocal left, going after Trump in a publicized raid. You have now energized the Republican base, and all the polls that show a Democrat bump right now mean nothing. Because now the Republicans are out for blood. And it's not going to end well in a Republican-controlled House and a Republican-controlled Senate that can, be, that can seat committee after committee after committee to go after the Department of Justice and anyone else involved. 232-1542, let's go ahead and take our bottom-of-the-hour news break. When we come back, some of the other stories of the day, including the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and their bad investment in politics. That and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to join in the conversation. I'm actually going to pivot away from where I wanted to go. I'm going to get to the Chamber of Commerce, uh, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce here in a little bit. I just want to I want to note something. Um, and again, this kind of goes back to something I was saying earlier um, about the, the business of clicks, which is a lot of what the Internet uh, is about right now. If you're in the Internet writing business, I'm, I'm giving you a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And this comes from my I've, I've been at Red State now. I'm starting, I think, my ninth year there. I think, yeah, I started teaching and writing at Red State at the, at the same time. I'm no longer teaching, but I'm still at Red State and actually in an editorial role there now. Uh, but the the business of getting engagement, of getting people to like and read and share the stuff you write on the internet has changed fundamentally as the focus has been on big tech. So right now, um, right now, Facebook is changing its algorithm and it is making it more difficult for political posts to start appearing on people's timelines. I don't know if you've noticed. I know a lot of y'all are active on Facebook. I know a lot of y'all follow uh, KPEL News on Facebook. I don't know if you've noticed, but if you're scrolling through your timeline, you're seeing less of the news and political stuff from any, from, from KPL or anywhere else than you're seeing from, uh, than you're seeing lifestyle, cultural stuff, stuff that's not heavy in the political realm. And there's a lot of people who are upset by it. There are a lot of big websites out there. You know them. If you're conservative, you know these websites. You've read their stuff on Facebook before. You've clicked their stuff on Facebook before. You're not seeing them either. You're not seeing the Daily Wires. You're not, uh, you're, you're not seeing the stuff from Mark Levin or anybody that you follow there. Uh, Moon has maintained a, a great Facebook engagement. I'm wondering how his numbers are going to start looking in the coming weeks because of all this. We've seen, I've seen at Red State, I'm kind of giving y'all behind the scenes information. I'm not sure if I'm actually allowed to, to let y'all know about from Red State, but 
behind the scenes, we're seeing Facebook engagement drop. There, there's uh, Google has something called Google Analytics. And you can look at the stats. You can look at the online traffic. You can see what time things were trending. You can see how many clicks something gets, all this stuff. And what we're noticing is that the source of the traffic from the internet, from Facebook, has gone down significantly. And it's affecting revenue for all the sites that really work primarily in, uh, that, that work primarily uh, in political traffic. And the revenue goes down. And so a lot of these websites are having to change their perspective. They're having to change how they share things to Facebook. They're having to change their business model in a, in a way. That's why you're seeing a lot more sites offering VIP content over the last few years. They've realized the technology sector is changing against politics, particularly after the 2016 election. Things are fundamentally changing in that sphere. That's why... It's so incredibly important for all of you to go out and be engaged. And I'm not just saying, hey, come to KPL News on Facebook, click and like and share and comment on everything, although that helps. Don't get me wrong. That helps. Going to Red State and doing that helps. Going to my own page, Joe Cunningham Show on Facebook, that helps. But look at everybody who's responding to the Mar-a-Lago thing. The FBI searching, the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago. There are a lot of people who are out there on social media complaining about that and not at all engaged in their own communities. We have here locally, we talked about it a little bit on offsides yesterday. There is an alumni group at a local Catholic school that is pushing back against a policy regarding transgenderism. In fact, one of the spokespeople for that group will be on this show later this week to talk about it. How many of you were aware of that? How many of you have thoughts and opinions on that? How many of you would go out there and defend this school or defend that group? How many of you are engaged to do are engaged enough to go out into your community and focus on these stories rather than focus on whatever antics Donald Trump is up to, whatever the current drama between Donald Trump and the Department of Justice is, whatever the current drama between the 2024 primary candidates are, or what's happening in the midterm cycle? If you're not as engaged with your local community politics and your local community issues as you are with the national issues, you're going to miss out. The way you make effective change in your community is, by, is not by relying on Washington, D.C. The way you fix the issues going on in your community is to go out there and be an active part of your community. And yes, I did start the show and spent half the show so far talking about the Mar-a-Lago stuff, but that is the news of the day and that's what this show is about. 
But when I leave here, my concern is with, for the, you know, for the last school year, it was with my school, the events going on at my school. It's my kids' lives, their school, helping my wife with whatever she needs, helping out friends if they need it, talking with local politicians, talking with local newsmakers, talking with local reporters, being active in the community that I have come to adopt as my community. Remember, I'm an outsider. I'm not from here. I'm from North, well, North Central, Louisiana. But I've adopted this community and I want to be an active part in that community. And so I want to do what I can. I don't want my whole soul life focus to be what's happening in Washington, D.C., what's happening in Baton Rouge. Because at the end of the day, nothing that happens in Baton Rouge and nothing that happens in Washington, D.C. is going to affect your day-to-day life as much as what's going on in your community. We're seeing right now that things online in the big tech world are shifting away from the national politics. And while that hurts revenue for the sites that you love that are covering the issues you want, it's bad news for their revenue. Honestly, it's kind of good news for us because that means that you're less sucked into what's going on on the national scene. And while I want you to go out and support these websites, and the best way to do so is to go to those Facebook pages directly and interact with those and make sure that you share and like and comment and all that to get the, the to get these posts, get these columns, get everything pushed out there to where people can see them. At the same time, there's a lot more from your own circle, a lot more from your own community that you get exposed to as a result. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, I'll get to what I was talking about earlier, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and their bad investment in politics. It is, it is very bad. We'll talk about that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5-232-1542 if you want to get in here at the last second. So the Chamber of Commerce, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has always kind of ostensibly been Republican. Uh, they've supported Republicans they have uh, supported, in general, Republican initiatives. In 2020, they invested their money on moderate Democrats. They saw the writing on the wall, so they decided, you know what, if the Democrats are going to take over, let's at least support the moderate ones. That way we might be able to get some, some pro-business policies out of them rather than the extreme far-left stuff. Well, didn't exactly work out. Here's from the Wall Street Journal editorial today. The chamber, in the run-up to 2020, made the unusual decision to alter its voting scorecard to endorse 23 freshman House Democrats for re-election. The theory was that Democrats were likely to control Congress. The endorsements would buy support from Democrats who would resist an assault from the progressive left on taxes and regulation. 15 of the 23 won re-election. How does the calculation look now as the 117th Congress moves into its final months? Every one of the 15 voted for the $1.9 trillion spending bill in March 2020, despite chamber opposition to sweeping jobless benefits that stoked the labor shortages and stimulus checks that fed inflation. They also voted for the PRO Act, a radical pro-union rewrite of labor law. 
Now comes the big moment of truth as the Schumer Mansion bill heads to the House for a crucial vote this week. The chance of Democratic defections are slim, despite aggressive chamber lobbying. All 15 rolled over for the $3.5 trillion Build Back Better bill last year, so they are unlikely to oppose something that has Senator Joe Manchin's approval. In other words, the Chamber of Commerce bet on moderate Democrats, and they lost. The Democratic Party is not suddenly moderate because they didn't go with all the most extreme progressives. They are still progressive. They are still largely anti um, anti big business. And that's what the Chamber of Commerce is. And I'm, I'm not a fan of the Chamber of Commerce. I will be real honest with you. Not a fan of them. But the Chamber of Commerce does usually support Republicans. They changed that, though, in order... Uh, they changed that in order to make it easier to support those Democrats. And look where it got them. They could have backed Republicans and maybe won some of those seats or kept some of those seats in, 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 in better hands. They could have used their money a little more wisely. The Democrats actually didn't get that big of a lead in the House in 2020. That Chamber of Commerce money could have mitigated those even further. All right, 232-1542. We've got a few minutes left in the show. Let's go to the phones. Rose. Rose, hi. How are you today? Yeah. How are you, Joe? Well, I've been better. This is a pretty horrifying day, but two things. First, yeah. your point about all politics is local is well, is, is well taken. Do, do, do what's close to home. Do your political campaigning. With those, you can have a direct influence on. Makes mm-hmm. very good sense to me, and it keeps you from being focused on stuff outside your immediate area of influence. And secondly, uh, regarding the home invasion in, uh, in Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. uh, uh, my question is this. Do you know if anyone had the presence of mind to videotape that whole process? Because it would be uh, very easy to take boxes and insert items which weren't originally there if they haven't been properly documented. Uh, that could actually probably might if if they didn't inventory the boxes they took out. I'm I'm wondering if that wouldn't in some way uh, uh, invalidate the warrant for, for improper execution. I, what do you think? I, see, I don't know because Trump himself wasn't there, and Trump's family wasn't there. They were in, they were actually in Trump Tower in New York, I believe. Uh, so well, I realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, still a home invasion. Yeah, it and, may and, not have been an invasion of, on the it wasn't you know the invasion of people on the premises, but it was definitely an invasion. Well, I think there was also a report that somebody there actually took the FBI to wherever they needed to go to actually find the stuff they were looking for. So somebody on the inside actually guided the FBI to the place where they could find what they needed. So I'm not sure if that person had the presence of mind to, to do what you're asking or not. I, I simply don't know. And the, the, the thing is, we're probably not going to know. And this was something that the White House wasn't in. I actually believe, uh, to an extent, I actually kind of believe that the, the Department of Justice, the FBI in particular, has been kind of informing people at the very last second of these things going on. So it is very likely that Merrick Garland and, and thus, by extension, Joe Biden, didn't actually have any aware of this in any any awareness of this before it happened, and they all did oh, kind I, of find I, out I the same time. Yeah, uh, uh, Merrick Garland has been uh, in, in a state in a tizzy ever since he was turned down to the Supreme Court. He is absolutely on a on a venomous rage, and that's no question about it. That this is just something that's right out of his playbook. 
is I say I'm I we haven't seen and I'm yes they could be lying and everything, but the 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 FBI does have a history of kind of raid first ask like ask questions later, um when it comes to the oh, leadership this, in the Department is, of Justice. This is way too hairy not to have come up to the. Uh, Original, you know, come up from the highest levels. I mean, uh, in any kind of a home invasion like this, when when you're in negotiations with an attorney, is an extreme measure and very, very extreme. Oh, I, I mean, I, after you know, thirty years of forty years of practice in law, I promise you, that's extreme. Oh yeah, I I, I do know that I, absolutely, and I, this is an extremely hairy situation, and it, it's it seems pretty clear that there was somebody who was uh, very eager to kind of appease the very loud voices in the progressive movement that, that want to see action against Trump. And I, I think, think that's... be Merritt Garland. That's his... He, he's still angry because the Republicans didn't confirm him for the Supreme Court. But he, he... You know, Merritt Garland has actually taken a lot of shots from the progressives because he has not acted very harshly. And only the last week or so... Has he really come out and, and sort of said anything regarding Trump in January 6th? So I'm wondering if m- maybe you're right in that he's starting to feel the pressure and maybe that's causing him to make some mistakes like, yeah, I, I really do think the FBI made a very big mistake yesterday. Oh, did they make a mistake? This is incredible. This is going to energize the right so so completely that uh, it, it would be amazing if they didn't sweep November. Yeah. All right, uh, Rose, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Nope. All right, uh, we had we had another call. Uh, must have hung up, but we're almost out of time. So let me let me get back to to what Rose was saying. You know, it, I, I don't think there's anybody at the the at Mar-a-Lago who videotaped or anything like that. Um, but this is very clearly a case. Uh, in in my opinion, now I'm not an attorney. Uh, Rose says she she'd been practicing for years. This looks very, very sketchy. And I, I really, like I said earlier, I think the FBI made a major political and uh, and, and, and uh, investigative mistake here, I guess. Investigative would be the word. I, the, the type of thing that they ostensibly got the warrant to conduct the search for is the type of thing where you call and you negotiate and you try to you you try to get the stuff you need. It's it's not something that really seems, you know, actionable enough for a raid. Now, I will say this. The judge who signed off on the warrant has ties to Jeffrey Epstein and is a longtime Democratic supporter. An Obama appointee um, was Epstein's lawyer. So very big progressive could obviously just just side with that. Very, very troubling. All right, let's go ahead and take a 23-hour break here on the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, Offsides is next. Shannon and I will be here to talk about the topics of the day. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and check out the podcast, Joe, uh, the Joe Cunningham Show, wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you guys again soon.